0: what's going trophy kids we got an awesome one here for you we are covering the big news in the nfl this week as well as giving you picks on every single game the way we lean how we're betting so far this week it's a great one you're not going to want to miss it let's go Welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is December 8th, and it's been so long we've done this, I almost said the wrong name coming on. How are you doing today, good sir?
1: I'm doing great. How are you?
0: Doing just dandy. We've been off for a couple weeks, you know, a little holiday season, a little sickness here and there, but we're coming back strong and is the season coming down, and I've got to cool. say uh, the one thing that makes me want to absolutely vomit is the NFC South at this point. The NFC South that we were texting back and forth, you said it first, I concur, does not deserve at this point in time, unless something dramatically changes, which I wouldn't hold your breath on that unless you want to be dead. They don't deserve a team to be in the playoffs. That, this division, that's the home of my team, is just god-awful.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really bad. I can't hate on it too much because, you know, I've experienced it in my own division. I've been, the, I've been a benefiting party of that before, so I can't hate on it. But, yeah, I, I don't really want to watch any of the teams in the playoffs. And not that this is going to happen, but the Panthers could still win at 6-11. and 11. Yes, they could, <laughs>
0: especially this weekend if they get things turned around and get a little upset here and they start to get some things going. There's a very strong possibility they could be representing because my bucks have been, I mean, just put – Nails in my eyeballs I mean this team The incompetency That this team has to try to overcome Week in and week out Is just baffling And we'll go more into it When we break down the Bucks 49ers game But I mean Tom Brady's out there Giving every last bit of blood magic He has in him To win football games
1: He is And it, it it's hard to watch um, Obviously those last three minutes Were very uh, promising But the first 57 minutes Were so ugly That it's just like Oh, things are not looking good down there in Tampa Bay.
0: Well, like thank God the Saints are terrible because any yeah. competent team, we would not have we would not have had that win. Like Tom Brady did his part, obviously, and the defense did their part, but the incompetence of the Saints is also what very much allowed us to get right back into that. Any half decent team with half a brain, we're not winning that
1: game. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw it, I mean, all Mark Ingram needs to do is like really get a first down and we're getting way less time on the clock left for Brady there. I mean, I know he did it in all three minutes, but still. Whew, I mean, that that's just, to see that happen, I'd be so frustrated.
0: Well, Mark Ingham forgot Tom Brady was playing on the sidelines, which is something our head coach does on a weekly basis because Todd Bowles just doesn't understand who Tom Brady is, as he demonstrated last week in his pref conference, because um, every time we have a chance to go for it in their territory, he's like, no, nah, let's just punt into the back of the end zone and net like 10 yards instead of letting the greatest third down and fourth down quarterback." probably ever to go for it when he sees something it's like if tom brady's telling you i want to go for it he clearly sees something that thinks he could get it and i would trust that man with my life at that point
1: yeah i mean he just tom Bowles, he's that old school 80s 90s football player he's very similar to ron Rivera, kind of um although ron ron will go for it um yeah. but but still um yeah, he's just got that old school way where he's just gonna pump the football. And that's very frustrating in today's NFL, in my opinion.
0: It's incredible. I I hate this because Todd Bowles is like a very good dude, and that's rare in the NFL. Yeah. Like he's a very good dude. He's a great defensive coordinator, but he's a terrible head coach. And I was excited for him to be that coach because I thought he would have learned from his mistakes on the Jets, and then just Byron or Leftwich would have just handled the offense and made it very similar to Bruce's style. No, now, those two together is just an absolute disaster. But We should move on because I don't want to go all up about this. But I will say, were you as shocked as I that the 49ers did not go after Baker and it was actually the Rams that went out and signed Baker, given Brock Purdy is now the quarterback for the 49ers for the foreseeable
1: future? Yeah, I mean, just to hear that the Niners didn't put in a claim. I mean, obviously the Rams put in a claim before them, so they were going to get him regardless. But apparently the Niners didn't even put in a claim. You know, part of me wonders there are some players in the Niners that don't like Baker. Nick Bosa comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually very true. (laughs) So like, I'm not, I'm kind of surprised, but then at the same time, I'm not too surprised just because of that angle. Um, And Purdy, I don't know how long that's going to last, but he did look like he was competent. Um, But yeah, so, I mean, part of me is a little bit surprised, but then when you kind of think of that angle of that there are some players in the Niners that don't like Baker, I'm like, eh, maybe he's not just the best of the locker room right now.
0: That is true, and Kyle Shanahan had, had literally no no interest, which was shocking to me yeah. because, I, I like, Baker is not this elite-type quarterback, I and mean, I don't want to give that opinion, but I feel like everybody just has amnesia and forgot what he looked like just mm-hmm. a year ago in an offense— that is sort of similar, relies on its run game, runs heavy sets, doesn't require you to make these elite level throws, and he got that Browns team to the playoffs and won a football game. Like he would be a very serviceable quarterback in that system, which primarily just asks you to hit wide receivers in stride and they'll do the rest of the work. Like it's not like you gotta go out there and throw great go balls on the sideline and one on one coverage or force things in there. It's essentially we're gonna scheme it up, know the scheme. Recognize the defense and throw the guy, throw to the guy in stride, they'll take care of the rest and we're gonna be run heavy. It was sort of shocking because people it feels like people just forgot about this. Now, if if he was to go to a pass heavy offense, different story. But an offense like that, which was why I think he might work out with the Rams, because I think Sean McVay will scheme it up pretty similar, Baker's a middling fine quarterback that'll protect you pretty well.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I mean looking back on it. Probably should have just stayed with the Browns and played 11 games. (laughs) Probably probably would have worked out a lot better for Baker, but oh well.
0: Oh well. The the mistakes we
1: make. Um, That we do. All right.
0: Let's actually talk some games, and let's just talk about the absolute doozy, the nauseating game to get this week started off, the (laughs) Rams-Raiders. Just combining those two teams right there. The Rammers. The Rammers game it's a six point spread over forty-four and 44 and a half. I don't know if I've ever been less interested in an NFL game in my entire life. How are you going about this game?
1: Yeah, this is, there's just a lot of games where you see like before the season started, like, okay, I understand why they scheduled this game, but yeah, this game sucks. Um, I, I, I lean, uh, the Raiders here just cause I think they are starting to roll a little bit more on offense. Devontae Adams is going bananas, Uh, Josh Jacobs obviously has just been bananas all season. Um, But just you look at what Devontae Adams has done over the last like five, six weeks, it's crazy. Um, So I I just think their offense right now, I'll go with the Raiders. But yeah, terrible game.
0: Absolutely. I mean, these are the game. This is a game though in like June we'd be absolutely dying to see. But at this point in the NFL season, I. It makes—I don't even want to turn it on. I mean, I'm going to have it on because I have a problem, and it's a football problem. But it's probably going to be on the second TV, and I'll probably have something else on the primary TV. And I'll go back and watch it on the consolidated version. But this is a just a terrible game. I'm with you. Um, I do think the Raiders are probably the side here. Josh Jacobs, I mean, don't pay the guy, and he turns into Walter Payton. I mean, the man is having himself— an absolute season. And you see, yeah. you like you pointed out, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams have finally seemed to hit their stride. This team is looking a little bit more of the team that kind of people that were heavy on the Raiders this season thought they were going to be. Now, mm-hmm. I was on the underside of their win total, so I'm happy they've just not been able to tie their shoelaces together correctly for the vast majority of the season. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think the Raiders are probably the lean here, um, but just a terrible game. I think this next game might be for most people, including myself when I saw it, before I really started to think about it, probably the shock of the board, and that is the Detroit Lions being favored over the Minnesota Vikings. And people probably drop their jaws when they see Lions minus 2.5 over a Vikings team that their win-loss record does not suggest they should be plus 2.5. But many people are pointing out they are maybe a fraudulent team. I don't know if I'm going to go fraudulent as much as they have some some holes that are that you can take advantage of, but they win close games. This presents an interesting game. I actually kind of like this game. How are you breaking this one down?
1: I mean, I, I it's tough. I mean, I do understand the Lions are rolling. I mean, they put up, they they have, they're capable of putting up some serious points. But so are the Vikings. Um, it's hard to call a ten and two team fraudulent. I mean, they're ten and two. And they're playing an NFL schedule. It's not like they're benefiting off of you know, being in the Pac-12. So like, yep,
0: it's hard to win football games in the um, NFL. One of the hardest yeah. things to do in professional sports.
1: <laughs> it is. So they always find ways to win. I know I haven't looked at their um, what their total win margin was, but even as like recent as like two weeks ago, it was single digits like on the entire season. It probably still is around that, which is crazy because they're. 10 and 2. So they always find ways to win. Um, It's just one of these games where you look at it and you just say to yourself, well, they're 10 and 2. The Lions are 5 and 7. I I, got to take the value here. So I got to take the Vikings on the money line. I can't avoid that value if they're going to offer it. I just can't.
0: I don't hate it. I mean, I think the, the the Lions have been a pleasant surprise. They're dangerous because they don't know they're supposed to suck. Like, they're the team that's supposed to suck, but they don't know it, and they have a maniac at head coach that I, I do love to see, but he just gets those boys riled up, and that can go one way or the other. Like, in the NFL, we've seen that go disastrously, especially when you start off the way the Lions started off, where the offense is kind of rolling, but the defense isn't even stopping nosebleeds, and your coach is just going berserker mode every week and it's positive generally but it's still better and we see professional athletes not generally respond well sometimes to this but they seem to have rallied and this team is quietly getting better defensively offensively they're going my god if they get a like a half decent quarterback and Goff has been very serviceable but if they get themselves somebody decent and they don't pay through the nose for like a lamar jackson and just completely blow up their development because they are building this team i think the right way um There's a real future potentially here, but I'm with you. I think the value is there. Um, it'll be interesting. I I, I'm very interested. The over might be something here to go. I think the other thing too, is when the lions or when the lions do invest in a quarterback, whether that's through the draft or free, free agent, I got to imagine that guy's going to be pumped because this offensive line, I don't know if I'm going to say they're the best one, but they're, they might be the best unit in, in the NFL right now.
1: Yeah, they're really good. Um, And just like talking about free agency and draft, this is going to be a weird year for like free agent quarterbacks because you look at like Gino, it's almost like everyone, the best opportunity for everyone is just to stay put. You look at every single free agent quarterback. So it's going to be a weird year for, for quarterbacks. It's almost like, are there going to be trades or is it all going to be through the draft? But that's going to be something that's going to be interesting to look at.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think the Lions should invest through the draft. We'll see what they do. There are some interesting rumors going around about them maybe pre- making a trade up in what they're going to give. And it, that doesn't seem incredibly smart, given they're going to have a pretty high pick with the Rams there, um plus their own pick. Uh, They're going to have some value, but we'll see. Speaking of, I was thinking about this today when I was thinking about the show. Off the cup, this is why this is the best, because we don't really prepare for this. If you were to put together, because I I was thinking, I think the Lions are my. If I was building a team to win this year, right now in this moment, I think I'd probably make them my offensive line. What other rooms would you include to that? Like, if you were going through it, best wide. Like, what's the wide receiver room you take? Tight ends can keep in that. Quarterback, running back, defensive line, linebacker, secondary. I I think we might agree on a a handful of these. But I, I constructed a team while I was sitting at my desk. Should
1: have been doing work, but I wasn't. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like first thought, wide receiver. Dolphins,
0: I I bet- went between the Dolphins and the Bengals. I was like I could go either way with yeah. those two, but I'm with you. Yep. So far, I'm yeah. we're good.
1: Probably good offense and then running backs. Oh god, that's hard. Yes. I mean, eh. I mean, if you're just going off this season alone, you might yep. go Josh Jacobs. Yep. Yep. I
0: mean, it's
1: crazy, but yeah, that's what you got to go. I take yeah. the
0: Raiders running back rooms just simply because of him <laughs> right now we got to win this
1: year. Yeah, I mean, that that is a fun thing to ponder about, though.
0: Yep, I think i go Tom Brady at quarterback just because he showed if he's in a competent offense, he's still got that absolute juice. Defensively, I think right now the best defensive line linebacker pair right now is the 49ers. I'm going 49ers defensive line, 49ers linebacking crew, and then Denver Broncos secondary. That team's winning a Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'd probably go bias and just take my own team's defensive line. Totally fair. I do understand going with the Niners. Another one. Slightly better. <laughs>
0: similar to my uh, Bengals, Dolphins, I was going, I could go Washington, 49ers. I really started coming up with it as, all right, my lines are probably my number one offensive line. Yeah. Defensive line, man, where is that at? And I was thinking, 49ers, defensive line, and linebackers are just so damn good oh, together. Yeah. Unreal.
1: Fred Warner's an incredible. Ex-
0: nasty oh my god it's it's just ridiculous um okay before this gets weird (laughs) i think we see value in the vikings but i do i i just enjoy the lions i'm not betting this game i'm staying away from it i do like their success i hope it does continue because it is fun um and i hope they don't just splurge and just blow up their bankroll on a quarterback because i i think there's some value where they're going to be drafting at all right, Jets Bills over under forty three and a half. Bills are favored nine and a half. Bills are got some very upsetting news today. Von Miller done for the season, which it is starting to feel. It started the year. It's Bills years. Everything seems to be coming up snake eyes for this team. This team doesn't seem to be able to catch a break. Very Bills like of them. I'm starting to think the football gods are not going to allow this team to go to the Super Bowl. Opinion on that plus this game, I guess.
1: Yeah, I, I do agree. It always things just kind of seem to go wrong a lot of times up there, unfortunately, for them, and it kind of just seems like that's happening for them. Um this game I are you getting nine and a half? I didn't hear what you said. I got nine and a half, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm getting too. So nine and a half, nine and a half is big. I, I just I think the jets are feisty enough to where they can at least stay around, if not backdoor it. Um so Nine and a half, I'd, I'd probably go Jets here. I mean, they, they, I think the Jets went up probably falling short of making the playoffs, but they are a feisty team. They compete, um, and, I mean, I, I just think they're a hard team to blow out.
0: Absolutely. I mean, they're a young, competitive team loaded with young talent. They got to get the quarterback situation figured out. But the White experiment didn't go terribly last week. I mean, it took no. him a little while to get his feet wet, and it was a bit of a struggle to get the game started. But once he was in it, It didn't go – I went back and watched it. I mean, he was very competent behind center. And if they can get that position figured out, I mean, long-term, he's probably not the guy. But if they can get that figured out, this team is feisty and loaded
1: with young talent. I mean, there's definitely something to be said for – I mean, it happens happening kind of in Washington. When you have a starter who you know is talented, but just the players are getting frustrated with him just because it's just not working out, and someone comes in and they provide a spark – they rally around that, and I think that's kind of what's happening for the Jets. I agree. I 100% agree.
0: All right, Ravens Steelers. This game changes dynamics all because Lamar is out, reported to be about a two to four week injury, maybe two on the good side. I'm a little bit concerned he might just turn it in for the season. We shall see. Um, Huntley is in though. It's not a. It, it's a drop off. But the one nice thing about Huntley at quarterback is they don't have to change any of their scheme. The game plan doesn't really change. Some people are out here trying to say he's a better passer. I'm like, all right, people, this is ridiculous. I saw an NFL network. Somebody was making this argument this mo- or yesterday, and I about threw my phone out the window. Like, <laughs> how are we still having this conversation in 2022? Maybe Lamar's rookie year. Maybe I'll give you that. But outside of that, come on now. Lines two and a half. Steelers are our here. Over under 36 and a half. How are you making
1: this one? It's tough. It's a tough one because it feels like things are really going wrong for the Ravens. But then you look at it and it's like they're still winning. They have like one loss in the last five weeks or something. So it's not that like big of a deal. I don't know. Doesn't it feel like everything's just going terrible for well, the Ravens? Well,
0: because I think they might have the worst fourth quarter defense I've ever seen in my life. I, every game is so much closer than it should be because in the yeah. fourth quarter, they just go noodle brain defensively. <laughs>
1: They do. They go the noodle brain defensively, and then Lamar obviously he just has no one really to work with yeah. on offense. I mean, Mark Andrews is very good, but he has he's no one to work with. So that that's a major issue. Um, yeah, but as far as backups go, Huntley's I mean, is pretty much as good as they come. Um, he's obviously not Lamar, but he's fully competent. He has tons of experience. So I, I kind of like the Ravens here. I'm tempted on the money line. I, Don't know if I'll do that. And if it moves to three, I really like the Ravens. Um, So, yeah, I'd I'd go Baltimore here just because I think, even though it seems like everything's going wrong, I mean, obviously losing Lamar is massive, but um, it's just they still win.
0: Yeah, they still win. And I I think it would be more dramatic if Huntley wasn't the backup because then it's can the guy play within the system. Because they don't have to change anything schematically, and he's had experience in this system. You hope he'll be improved from last year. He had a decent performance when he had to be called upon. I think the offense, clearly, it's a step down from Lamar, but I don't think it's like some dramatic drop off against the Steelers team that is like the definition of inconsistency. I mean, we talk about this team. Offensively, there are moments where Kenny Pickett. There's flashes in the pan where you go, oh, shit, this guy might be the next Steelers quarterback. He's really competent. And then there are moments where you go, oh, shit, this guy's never played football in his life. Um, and that's kind of the difference. And Pickens is losing his mind on the sidelines because he's not getting enough targets. Defensively, there's a lot of fluctuation, halves to halves and games to games as to what defense you're getting almost it it almost entirely resolves around what performance you're getting out of TJ Watt unfortunately for this defense the inconsistency is what makes me scared to take the Steelers here when you have a Ravens underdog team still well in the playoff hunt still have to keep it interesting to make sure Lamar does come back because I are you I do you think that there's a chance he doesn't because i I have this weird feeling in the back of my mind where he gets injured something goes wrong in this game they don't win it He might pull a college move and say, you know what? I'm done (laughs) for the season.
1: It's two two to four weeks. Obviously he relies heavily on his legs. I mean, there could be very similar to pretty much the end of last season for the Ravens. That's obviously a massive concern here. That would be a big bummer because they started off hot past, you know, past two seasons, including this one. So, yeah, it, I think there's
0: concern there. I I, I got to imagine there's because they're not a Super Bowl team at this point. Like you look around, it, this isn't a Super Bowl constructed team, so it doesn't take a genius to be like, man, if things aren't going great while he's out, I don't know. I got a weird a weird feeling in the back of my brain going, mm, there might be something here. This might be uh, what's his face from Ohio State where he just his hamstring was hurt all season, <laughs> and right. now he's not playing in the playoff game. Um, I I'm blanking on his name right now, but yeah, it, it's it's interesting there. Um. All right. Eagles, Giants, lines at six and a half over under 44 and a half. The New York Giants getting a tie against your commanders oh. last week. I mean, my
1: God. I just couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. Nate, we had the ball on like our own 15 with a minute and a half left in overtime. We had a timeout. It was third and 10. I understand we're probably not going to get it. And I understand field position is an issue there. But we ran the ball. I... <laughs> Just raffling. I was like well, okay, we well, I mean we we're playing for the tie. Like I I would have rather thrown the ball and if we didn't get it whatever we punt and play good defense for a minute. I, I couldn't believe it. it I, <laughs> I couldn't believe the end, The entire overtime period, I was just like, Oh my oh my god. And then we did an attempt. We did an attempt. I mean, I know we're in New York, kicking's hard, but we had an opportunity for a sixty yarder to win. I'm all for it.
0: I'm with you. I, it, it was another case like Todd Bowles not knowing his quarterback, Rivera not knowing who his quarterback is. That is where Tyler Henneke thrives because he's either getting you a penalty that gets you the first down or is making the play to get you the first down. That is his area of thriving.
1: He, he, yeah, he generally figures it out, especially at the end of games. He's yep. real good at it.
0: Yep, yep. He's quite dangerous in those situations. He, he puts you on the edge of your seat. Um, I, I'm with you. It's, it's national football. League. You can't be going with this chicken shit football. You got to play to win. And nothing infuriates me more than playing for a tire to lose, essentially.
1: Especially in December. I'm like, what yeah. are we doing? We need a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We started the day in the playoffs. We finished the day out of the playoffs. That tie was not good. No.
0: Unbelievable. Couldn't believe it. Whatever. You'll get, you you'll get your shot here soon enough to beat them. But Eagles-Giants. Uh, Eagles have been rolling, clearly. Everybody, it's the hottest topic in the NFL. We have been one of the few cautious media members to say, this team is good, but they're not invincible. Let's start to pump the brakes here. The Giants have been a feisty enough team. Dable is coaching his absolute mind out. The players are responding well. Is there enough in the tank to make this game close and cover the six and a half? Or is this just a interdivision rivalry game where the Eagles can maybe take advantage of some matchups and really run with this one?
1: So I mean, after just playing the Giants, you know, I came away rather impressed by the Giants, actually. I mean, their defensive line, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, I mean, that is a nasty combination yep. to have there. Um, and Daniel Jones, I've never felt so dominated by a player who finished four quarters with 130 passing yards. I mean, he's running all over us, Nate. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't I just gets so angry. I mean, I just felt like he destroyed us. And I looked at a little line during the game, like he's 130 passing yards. He's not doing anything. Um, so yeah, they're just an annoying team. Um, and I think they kind of match up decently against the Eagles. Um, if the Eagles get out quick, then then they're doomed. I think. Um, but no, I, I kind of like the Giants to probably cover here. And I just think the Eagles might be due for another loss. I mean, are they going to go 16 and one? I, I don't know. But i take the Giants on the, uh, the six and a half.
0: I think so, too. It's an inter, inter-division rivalry game. <clears throat> Those generally tend to be a little bit closer than your average game. These teams are so familiar with each other. Brian Dable has been you know, showing exactly why we've been screaming on this podcast for him to get a head coaching opportunity. He's coaching his ass off for a roster that, in the preseason, I think everybody was on the same page, that... It's not a very talented roster. It's got it's got some good pieces, but it's it's not complete and man, are they feisty. And Daniel Jones We deserve all the credit in the world on this podcast because we said if somebody's going to make sure that you get the most out of this man, it's Brian Dable. And he's doing the exact same thing he did with Josh Allen early in Josh Allen's career to give him confidence. He's giving him designed runs, he's letting him run the ball, and then he's keeping it simple in the passing game and letting his physical attributes shine. And that's what you need to do to build a confidence in a quarterback, and then you can start adding on layers of complexity. We'll see if they stick with him, but he is, I mean, it's the same game. It's almost identical to what they did with Josh Allen in Buffalo.
1: It is. I mean, he has no one really to throw the, throw the ball to as well. I mean, his weapons outside of on Barkley are pretty poor. So, yep. I mean, if they surround him with some talent, I mean, who knows? Maybe he could do good. I mean, one thing I am worried about, though, is their corners are pretty weak. Oh, yeah. um, so, I mean, I, I was watching. I mean, Fabian Moreau, I mean, Terry was just torching him all game long. and just Taylor couldn't give him the ball enough. But um, that's one thing where the Eagles, that matchup might be a little concerning.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and we've seen the Eagles' wide receivers get the better of those matchups. We'll see if Jalen Hurts can continue to kind of push it down the field, get better passing in the middle of the field. That's the area that you know we want to continue to see him develop because that was their Achilles heel last year in the playoffs, and the Bucks exposed that. It's hey, yeah. shoot everybody out to the hashes, make Hurts throw in the middle of the field and break you down that way, and use it and control him in the pocket, and that offense sputters. They've shown improvement in that area this year. AJ Brown helps um so we'll see if that can continue in this moment I I think this has to be a pretty good showing for the Eagles for me to really start to buy Super Bowl stock in them because I just I'm not there yet with this group yeah I agree all right, another divisional rivalry. Browns versus Bengals. The line's six and a half, over under 47 and a half. And there is a reason that this line is juiced towards the Bengals at plus 100 if you're laying the six and a half. And that is because the Cleveland Browns, for whatever reason you want to pick out, and there's multiple, have absolutely had Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor's number in this matchup. Uh-huh. Does that continue this week or can the Bengals, who are firing on all cylinders showing that they are improved from last season? I think at this point in the season, finally break the mold and get not only a win,
1: but cover a six and a half point spread. I, I think they can, um, If they will, that's tough to say. Uh, Like you said, the Browns have really had their number. Nick Chubb has just destroyed them. Uh,
0: It's amazing. Every (laughs) time.
1: I I still remember the one time you were at the game and you texted, oh, my God, I think Nick Chubb is the fastest team I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Yeah, like some 65-yard run, and he was flying.
0: Dude, he's got <laughs> missiles on his shoes when he plays the Bengals. It was absolutely <laughs> incredible. I thought Tyreek Hill was out there at running back. The dude is just <laughs> flying
1: around. Yeah, so he absolutely kills them, and obviously that—that's that's their entire game plan. Because right now, I think Watson's just—I don't think Watson's really oh, ready. We got to talk about um, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't think he is ready. But um, and I think you know. Maybe rightfully so. He, you know, other teams are definitely have, you know, somewhat of a target on them and want to, you know, really, you know, give him the beat down. So, I mean, I think the Bengals can finally pull it off. I just don't think Cleveland really has the firepower right now. Obviously, they will try to run and control the game, but I'm going to go with the Bengals here, especially just because it's even money. You don't get even money on a spread too often.
0: No, you do not. Um, Deshaun Watson, that was just... I mean, what else did people expect? The man has not played meaningful football in so damn long. And he looked wobbly as hell, not in sync, super rusty. And by the end of the game, quite honestly, he looked exhausted. Like, he just looked like, I don't want to be here anymore because this is the absolute worst, and that was against the Houston Texans, so <laughs> yeah. I have some major concerns against going against Lou Amarillo's defense and what this Bengals team can do, because they are, I mean, they're getting hot at the right time of the season. They're getting exactly what you want to be at this point in the year, and they are firing all cylinders.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you said it, just him looking tired, you gotta wonder how, how much he really wants it. Obviously, the money is very important, because it's so much, but man, I mean, he's been through a lot. It's <laughs> all
0: guaranteed, too. I mean, yeah. there's not a ton of incentive to be outside of own personal incentive. And we'll see what he's got. I mean, this is why we said kind of in the preseason that this season for the Browns is just a wash. Because maybe you get to this point in the season, you're in good shape. But I have zero confidence at the time, and I still do have zero confidence, that Deshaun Watson is going to be able to come in and play efficient football in the National Football League. It is so damn hard. It's the hardest thing in sports to do, play NFL to play quarterback in the NFL, and to have not played meaningful football. Football in that long, we saw the effects last week. They're getting a much tougher team in the Bengals this week at Cincinnati, in a defense that arguably I've got to say, Lou is the best defensive coordinator maybe in football right now because the second half adjustments that they see what you're bringing and they adjust better than any team in the NFL right now defensively in the second half. And so I do have some concerns. Now the game plan is simple: run Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's all you got to do. They just bully yep. the Bengals every year. But I got to imagine the game plan for the Bengals is simply we're going to load the box and dare you to throw on us. Go ahead and try. And until you can prove otherwise, that's what we're going to do. God, I hope that's the plan because I am with you. I am following you at six and a half on plus money this week. I did already lay it. I am a little nervous about it because the Browns (laughs) have had their number, but I like it. Jags, Titans. I don't have a ton on this one. Titans fire their GM. Yep. I don't know if that's deserving or not, given it seems like Mike Vrabel does most of the lifting there, but he did trade away A.J. Brown, so probably should have been fired. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to talk about another man's job like that, but one of the worst trades I've seen in a long time. <laughs> it, it gets to the point of, if what is what are you doing as an organization if you're going to draft a guy, develop him, and not pay him top dollar when he's a top dollar player? I just I don't yeah. understand what you're doing as an organization at that point.
1: I mean, it's bizarre, yeah. And then you bring in Traylon Burks, and I understand he's a good player and, you know, he's had some injury issues this year, but by the time he potentially is as good as A.J. Brown, well, you just have to pay him, too. So right. <laughs> I don't really understand. And then, you know, that insult injury, A.J. Brown just, you know, last week dominates his old team. Um, so, yeah, that that's tough to see. So he ended up getting fired. That's unfortunate. Sure, he'll land another football job somewhere. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> he'll be fine. Um, this game, yeah, I don't have a ton on either. You just don't really know what Trevor Lawrence is going to show up. Um, you know, two weeks ago, Trevor Lawrence is a stud. Last week, not so great. Um, Titans, they've lost two straight. I think they probably want to, you know, get back in the win column here. I'd lean Titans, a little concerned with the hook, but I'll still lean with the Titans just because I can't trust the Jaguars. I can't either.
0: And you're you're exactly right. Everybody wanted to kind of give Trevor Lawrence his roses. Two weeks ago, they're like, "Oh, we finally saw the Trevor Lawrence we were promised. He's going to be great now." And I'm sitting over here like, "Yeah, okay. I've seen this story a couple times. <laughs> like, I'm going to need to see some more consistency out of this guy." And he's now banged up, which adds to that equation. And this is a big year for him, and he hasn't had the best coaching, so I'm not going to ride him too hard on this one. But I've always been a bit of a let's pump the brake on the the Trevor Lawrence hype type of guy. Um, We'll see here. The ty- Mike Vrabel, I mean, he just does the heavy lifting for this organization. He is one of the best coaches right now in the NFL, I think, because what he's doing with a defensive roster that isn't all that great and an offensive roster that honestly lacks anything to really be, like outside of Derrick Henry, to be super proud of because the offensive line yeah. is banged up at this point. Not the offensive line's problem. There they are something that you normally can hang your hat on, but just the injuries are piling up from there. He is doing all the heavy lifting for this franchise. Um We'll see if he gets an opportunity elsewhere at some point. He seems to be liking the Titans' job, but I'm with you. I can't, I'm not betting this game, but I can't trust the Jaguars in good conscience at all. And there is, we're getting close to that point in the season where NFL players, when the playoff picture starts to dissipate, picks start to come in, we start to see organizations really teeter off. So we're in that dangerous territory. Yeah. Titans Cowboys battles for Texas line is 16 and a half. One of those shockers when you see it come across the board in the National Football League over under is 45 and a half. Cowboys are rolling. Some of this is an inflated number I think due to the just ass kicking they gave on national television to the Colts. Yeah. Some of it's due to the fact that Texans have been getting their teeth kicked in most of the season. Um can the Cow- do the Cowboys cover this because it is getting to that point of the season where maybe you start to t- you get up big, you start to take the air out of the football a little bit, start to reserve some things, and a possible backdoor cover here.
1: Yeah, I mean it could be a backdoor. I mean, as we like to oftentimes point out on the show, this is the battle between the best team in Texas since 2010 versus the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yes, sir. Just like, to, just like to point that out. Um, <laughs> so really, the Texans are the royalty here in, yep. in this. State um <laughs> more winning
0: seasons more playoff appearances more playoff wins in the last one oh. like 20 years
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that it's, it's great um <laughs> but yeah so but yeah you're right the cowboys are rolling they just rolled the colts I, I turned that game off after the third quarter and then when i saw what i woke up because i was exhausted when i woke up and saw what happened in the fourth quarter i, was, I couldn't believe my mind uh, yeah they're rolling and i mean we, they just rolled the vikings as well so i i I guess I'd expect them to roll the Texans because they're way worse than both of those teams. But um, it's a huge spread, so I obviously probably won't bet on this. But I I might bet the over because Dallas is going to score 38 points.
0: Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I'm with you. I'm thinking the over is probably the play here. Um, I think there's an opportunity potentially for a backdoor cover, but we know the Texans rumors have been swirling now They're they're looking for a quarterback. So there's really no incentive to try to win this game because you're thinking of draft picks at this point. I think Lovey understands that message. <laughs> um,
1: and and we've already pointed out, they turn and hand the ball off to Damian Pierce at the minute 30. They don't care. Right? Yeah. A
0: <laughs> they do not care. So, um, yeah, no. It, this will be a very interesting game to just see at what point do the Dallas Cowboys maybe take their foot off the pedal because um, this, this this thing could get ugly. Chiefs Broncos over under 43-and-a-half. line is set at nine and a half. and And as one guy on TikTok and Twitter would like to point out, we're at this point in the season, and Russell Wilson still doesn't have as many touchdowns as toilets in his house. <laughs>
1: It uh, doesn't have as many touchdowns as toilets in his house. He doesn't have as many touchdowns as Carson Wentz, who hasn't played since October 13th and wasn't even playing well. Uh, it's <laughs> just incredible. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's just pathetic. And I believe this game, thank thank everyone, was flexed out of Sunday night, right? Yep,
0: it was for Chargers-Miami.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness they're not jamming Russ down our throat. With everyone understands now, it, it's terrible there. Um, I understand Denver's a tough place to play, um, and it you know they have a good defense. But uh, taking the Chiefs, the Chiefs, I just think they're the best team in football right now. Uh, even though they just lost, I understand, but still, um, yeah, I'm going Kansas City here. I, can't, I I just, I don't like to bet on Russ.
0: Uh, I'm with you. The offense is anemic, and they're going against the Chiefs' offense that has something to prove after Travis Kelsey, arguably kind of gave the game away by going for some extra yards and fumbling, and I think there is an anger factor. And when you get a team like the Chiefs with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes who are generally pretty damn good coming off a loss and a bye, that is where this team really starts to kind of get some gas. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a little anger, pent-up anger about that. Travis Kelsey has been very public through his podcast that he's he's pretty pissed about that kind of failure. This becomes a scary moment because the Broncos do – do not have a prayer in hell to keep up with the Chiefs if things start to get rolling. Um, yeah. Now, thankfully, the Broncos have quietly one of the best defenses in all of football, um, which is a real shame that the offense can't do its job. Like always, yeah, heard heard that before. Go figure, <laughs> man. Heard
1: that before Denver.
0: <laughs> do you, what? Do you think Denver is the biggest surprise <laughs> of the NFL season? Like, I think it maybe. Maybe ever, because to get Russell Wilson and to have this level of failure for a team that has that level of defense, I think it's got to be one of the biggest shocks, at least in recent memory.
1: I'm pretty surprised, and I'm kind of angry at myself because I kind of take pride in predicting quarterbacks' downfalls, and I should have known because it just was not good last year in Seattle. But I just figured, you know, Russell would move on and things would work out great here. Yeah, it's it's shocking, yeah, but it's it's so bad. It's just it's like after like Houston they're probably my least favorite team to watch on TV yeah
0: they're up there for me my bucks are slowly becoming that for me because they are yeah I don't like
1: watching them oh
0: my god it's painful it's it is not yeah. fun and it has nothing to do with them losing because I've watched some pretty pitiful bucks teams but the way in which they lose makes me want to yeah. bang my head into a wall <laughs> um yeah I do like the Chiefs here um I think they're the side I'm probably gonna bet them to be honest just because I do like the revenge factor, not yeah. revenge factor, but the the kind of we need to get back on it after that Bengals loss I think is pretty motivating. Yeah. Seahawks-Panthers, lines at four. Seahawks are favored over under 43-and-a-half. Everybody's starting to see that the Seahawks defense is uh, quite doo-doo, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the offense has been a, a very big surprise this season. It's I don't know if it's up there with the misery of the Broncos, but it's, it's close on how well that offense has churned under Geno so far but we're starting to see that come down a little bit and the Panthers they win this game they're not out of the mix for getting into the playoffs somehow and it does seem that the players are wanting to play for Wilkes they they seem to want to have him be Mm -hmm. the next quarterback we know that he's very competent at calling offenses and sorry calling games because he did it in uh, with the Cardinals Um, he's familiar with the Seahawks do the Panthers have an upset potentially brewing here
1: it's potential, but I think it, it'll be pretty tough because I just still think they're just a struggling team. I need them to win for my uh, the standings here for my team to get back into the playoffs. I I need them to win real badly, but I don't think they're going to. Um, like you said, Seahawks they they're rolling pretty good, but they are coming back to life a little bit. Kenneth Walker's struggling um, yep. after you know his hot start. Um, Gino Gino is just finding Tyler Lockett in the end zone every single game. Every single time I look at this, the, the box, the score, and it's like, Tyler Lockett scored, Tyler Lockett scored. He's always scoring. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think Seattle at home, I like their ability to cover here. I really, really hope I'm wrong. I'm you know, pretty upset because <laughs> their remaining schedule is a joke compared to ours. But, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd go Seattle to cover.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seattle can put up the points. The question is simply, can the defense – keep it together and Sam Darnold looked decent last week for a guy coming back into into the league um and getting another start but I do and there is a players are playing for their coach in Carolina but there is just that factor of the Seahawks have a lot of firepower offensively Kenneth Walker is definitely coming back down he's dealing with an injury um jammed joint is what they said i think like jammed ankle which sounded horrific um Ow. i was like that sounds terrible but apparently it's not like the most limiting injury you're generally back fine the next week um but yeah I, i'm gonna stay away from this one i think there is the potential for points so if i'm going aside I'm, i might be looking at the over here um that's probably where i lean uh but i i don't have a great grasp on this game to be honest yeah All right, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 49ers. Line is set at three and a half. 49ers are the favorite. Over under is four points off from the Army-Navy game this Saturday, (laughs) which is set at 33 and a half. I I want to repeat that. The Army-Navy game on Saturday is set at 33 and a half, and this one is set at 37. No surprise, though. If you've watched this Buccaneers offense, it is horrific The 49ers defense is spectacular, but then you flip the coin. The Buccaneers defense, which is very banged up, still playing pretty decent. And you have Brock Purdy taking over the reins, which we'll see what he gives. I mean, at one point in time in college, he was projected to be a top tier kind of draft guy in the NFL draft prospect. He didn't really Mm -hmm. develop into that under Matt Campbell's tutelage over at Iowa State. He didn't really kind of grow over his years there, which was surprising, but 49ers seem to love him, said he did a great job running third stringers. We'll see what he gets consistently, but three and a half the line, 37 and a half is the over under. What are you doing here? If anything,
1: I mean, it's funny. I, I even lean towards the under, I mean, it's going to be like a 1913 <laughs> yeah, game, dude, something it's like gonna that. So it, it's going to be terrible. Um, and, you know, I <laughs> have Unfortunately, Nate, I, I, and I also need your, your bucks to win here for the standings and everything. But unfortunately here, I hate this matchup for Tampa Bay. I hate it. I mean, you guys can't run the ball. we well, now you're really not going to be able to run the ball. Nope. Um, you know, I'm we're going to try, we're going to try oh, our yeah. damnedest to, to oh, run the you, ball. <laughs> Todd won't get away from it. Yeah. No, we no, no, cut no. our
0: nose to spite our face a lot with this team.
1: Yeah. You'll, you'll run the ball anyway. Um, I, I like the tra- trajectory of Chris Godwin right now. I feel like he's getting healthy. I think yep. he's looking good out there. That's something that the team needs very badly. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't love the matchup. I'm concerned about the 49ers pass rush. I mean, Tom he he can move around the pocket, but even we're starting to see some times where like he just has kind of that old man panic where it's like I get the ball out of my hands. Yep. Um, obviously, you know Nick Bosa coming around the edge. Tom deals better with edge than he does up up his face. But yep. still, I, I just. I'm just kind of concerned about the matchup here. I think it's going to be have to be, it has to be a heavy Christian McCaffrey game. That's kind of what they're going to have. To, they're going to have to really run him into the ground with Brock Purdy. Um, so, yeah, I, three and a half. I still lean Niners a little bit, but if it goes to three, I really like the Niners. Three and a half, I don't know. I might kind of stay away from it, honestly. I'm
0: probably throwing the under in a teaser and getting the six points up over to 43 and a half because. Or maybe even a six and a half point teaser to bust through the forty three side and get to forty four because mm. points I think are going to be a uh, are going to be tough to come by in this game. Um, I think you hit it perfectly. The matchups do not favor the Buccaneers. The Bad. offensive line is banged up in patchwork at this point in time. The wide receiving core still is not on the same page as Tom Brady. We saw that um, in prime time on Monday night. Just mistiming throws, overthrowing guys because he thought they were faster, underthrowing guys, wrong routes. It's just it's not there. Chris Godwin is definitely coming alive, though. It seems to be he's trusting that knee a lot more. He's getting good separation. I do like his development. Um, But the offense is still really brutal. And we are very much missing Bruce Arians, to say the least. Um, This is a defensive-minded head coach in Todd Bowles we are seeing what defensive-minded head coaches do in the NFL, generally speaking. They play not to lose instead of play to win. Um, and you just you can't do that when you have Tom Brady. And you can't do that, especially when you have a defense that's secondary is also incredibly banged up. I mean, the roster is just banged up. Death is really being tested here for the Buccaneers. The matchups are not super favorable, especially because Devin White's going to be put in a position where he has got to guard crossing routes. And we both know... He is very bad in passing coverage. Brock Purdy's job is pretty simple. It's to understand the scheme of where guys are running and just throw them in stride. Because Kyle Shanahan's going to get you guys open against this Bucks defense. It's not going to be big plays. It's going to be a lot of crossing routes and under routes. And you just got to hit them in stride, and they'll pick up the yak. Can he do that? We shall see. But <laughs> we'll see what his consistency look like. But the matchups are not favoring the Bucs. With that Not said, it is Tom Brady. Maybe, maybe we get some momentum because we've had some big games where he has come back. We've had big kind of moments. Maybe it jocks the system alive. Maybe the light bulb goes off in left with head and realizes, oh, this team is better when we're in hurry up than when we're scripting stuff. Maybe I need to analyze that. What is it that's doing that? Is it preset motions? Yes. Is it? Using tight end heavy sets? Yes. Is it using um, space up the sidelines for Mike Evans? Yes. Like, it's not rocket science here, folks. Bruce Arians re- wrote the playbook last year. You guys did it the year before that, too. Just run the same offense. <laughs> ah, it's yeah, infuriating.
1: I'm with you. So this is an opinion you're not going to probably want to hear, but earlier I said how it's in, like, every free agent quarterback, it's in almost team's best interest and every player's best interest to stay where they are. I think Brady might be the one exception.
0: Oh, he is. Unless we decide to go out and try to get the Sean Payton lottery, there's yeah. no reason he's staying.
1: <laughs> if he wants if he wants to keep playing, he's gone.
0: Yeah, he is absolutely gone. I mean, yeah. and what decided that was Monday. I think the nail in the coffin was Monday night, him wanting to go for it, and Todd Bowles still sending out the punter. At yeah. this point in Tom Brady's career, you don't tell him to do that. He's earned the right to stay out there. And that's the most infuriating part. If Tom <laughs> Brady sees something in this, the matchup and he wants to go for it, you go for it. The man has earned that right. He's built a career on it. He's got seven rings. I mean, what are we doing at this point? It is I'm with you. beyond... I, and that's the way. I, I, I say it for college football, too, in that Michigan-Ohio State game where it's like, Ryan Day's got to go. It's not losing football that pisses me off it's the way in which you lose and the chicken yeah. shit football you kind of play <laughs> and this mentality of playing to lose the game essentially that is what drives me up the wall it's why i absolutely this has been the worst season and i've seen some horrible seasons and we're winning some games but like this has been the most infuriating season to watch as a bucks yeah. fan and that is saying something for me <laughs> like i've seen some pretty piss poor Football in my life, but yes, you have. <laughs> we should be so much better. It's just it's it's in, it drives me up a wall. <laughs> I can feel my blood pressure rising. All right, <laughs> let's talk about a game that's going to bring me some joy because it's Tua versus Herbert. Dolphins Charger lines at three over under fifty two and a half. half is probably going to cream his pants for this game. I mean, the man is just. I he might. I'm sure he'll be at the game. Um, <laughs> Tua. Sort of showed what a lot of us were concerned about when he steps up in class. Can his game step up? His accuracy was not there last week. Now, the 49ers defense is very good, but the best thing, best attribute Tua has is his accuracy. It didn't show last week. He's going to play a Chargers team that's banged up. Um, and is just sort of crawling to the finish line at this point. But a guy in Herbert who just keeps this team in games that he should not be in. What do you make of this game? Dolphins are staying out on the West Coast for this one. They didn't go back home. They're doing some team bonding. Waddle was a little banged up. Tua was a little banged up, but they said he could come back in if the game was closer. How are you making this game out?
1: Yeah, I think this is pretty good bounce-back opportunity for the Dolphins here. Like you said, the Chargers are just so banged up. Um, Herbert does keep a minute, though. and I mean, as soon as... As soon as you come back, Keenan Allen's already making an impact. I mean, the guy is a beast when he plays. Um, Right when he comes back. Keyword, when he
0: plays.
1: (laughs) Yeah, when he plays. Um, Right when he comes back, though, he starts scoring touchdowns. Um, But I just think it's a good bounce back opportunity for the Dolphins. They should be able to move the ball on them pretty well here. Um, And they got to figure out a run game. I mean, Jeff Wilson, one game plays really well. The next game, it's like they just don't run the ball. I mean, they haven't really had a good running identity all year. That's something I feel like they need to work on, especially if they're going to make any noise in the playoffs, because I think they are capable. But, um, yeah, I'd probably just leave Dolphins. just cause the Chargers, like you said, they're just limping. They're just limping to the end here. They, they're just injured like always.
0: Yep. And and that's been the, the biggest question, is we've seen – I have all the faith in the world that the Dolphins will figure it out, especially long-term. But we've sort of seen this when they step up in class – It's a different team. It's not as flashy as you like to see it. Um, We saw that, you know, they still got a win against the Bills, but it wasn't this high-powered thing. When they stepped up against the Bengals, struggled. Now, granted, Tua did get knocked into the shadow realm in that game, but the offense still struggled nonetheless due to the scheme. You know, the Vikings, they only put up 16 points against the Vikings defense. That is, got some holes and some weaknesses in it. You just see this as they kind of step in class. Things don't go as well. Now, long-term, I, I don't have really any concerns. It's, you know, first year of a new scheme. Donald, Mike's calling a great... So far, I think, a good strategy. But to your point, they got to figure something out. they got to be more consistent. Tua's got to be more consistent when he steps up in class. This will be an interesting one. Because I think if they can't get a strong bounce-back game here, we're going to see how they go with the rest of the season. Because this could... it. They haven't really had a moment of adversity yet really in this season outside of Tua getting knocked into the shadow realm. But they came back from that. So we'll see. But the Chargers are middling. I just can't wait for the quarterback matchup. I want to see Justin Herbert play here and and see what he can do with these two because they are sort of looking like the next kind of round of guys um, to be in there. I really hope Herbert doesn't turn into the next Phillip Rivers where they just waste his career and talent away. But we shall see. <laughs> Talk about a team that should be in the Sean Payton lottery. I mean, my God. Yeah. The things that could change. <laughs> For real. Whew, Chargers could use that. So, yeah, that's my opinion on that one. Monday night, Pats Cardinals over under 44-and-a-half. Line set at one and a half. Mac Jones might kill Matt Patricia in this game if things don't go well. We might see an actual murder on the sidelines. Um, the brain trust that has been put together to run that offense is surprisingly... Failing miserably <laughs> They're going about as well as my uh, Sixth grade rocket project <laughs> um, And yeah But they are playing the Cardinals Who is another team yeah. that just at this point in the season <laughs> Oh boy Oh my god yeah. The
1: Cardinals can't wait for the season to end
0: um, <laughs> no. It is a they're mad terrible. dash they're the, they're the point in like a race Where your body just wants to give out and You just start sprinting and feel like you're flying Because you want to finish it
1: so fast <laughs> Yeah Yeah, I mean, they're just – they can't wait for this to be done. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I I can't go with the Cardinals here. I mean, you look at their schedule. They have four wins on the air, and you look at who they won. They beat the Raiders, who were – playing better now but they were terrible when they played them they beat the panthers they beat the saints and they beat the rams those are you know bottom 10 nfl teams and everything else is a loss and you look at the patriots they actually have some quality wins i mean they smoked the lions 29 to zero they beat the browns they beat the jets they beat the colts so I i go patriots here i just think they have at this point they have so much more to play for than the cardinals do um and like you said, Mac Jones showing some emotion and getting anger on the sideline last week was fun to see. I enjoyed seeing that. Yes. Um, and I just think they, I, the Patriots have so much more to play for and the Cardinals, they're just—they're done. They want this season to happen.
0: Here's the problem for the Patriots is Bill Belichick, who is one of the greatest coaches of all time, made arguably one of the dumbest moves, though, of all time in taking Matt Patricia, who was an average defensive coordinator, maybe at best, terrible head coach, made him an offensive coordinator. And you have a quarterback who does not present an elite skill set really in any situation. That's not to say he's a bad quarterback, but he's not elite. He's not going to win you. He's not going to overcome a terrible yeah. offensive coordinator.
1: Ne- needs a lot of coaching up.
0: Correct. And there is none of it. So, I, I it, at this point, it does, like, so many people are afraid to question Bill Belichick. But I think questions need to be asked as to what made you make that hire. Because... It just doesn't make any sense outside of he has to keep an iron grip on anything, which does make a lot of sense. We know who Bill Belichick is, but that hiring is baffling as far as have you lost your fastball as a coach? Because it, none of this made sense, and we knew it from the beginning. We sat here on this podcast in back in August, saying this is not going to work. This is going to blow up in your face.
1: Yeah, it, it always blows my mind when like there's just clear. We bring it up all the time, and there's just clear problems and they're just not addressed and it's just like wow well we all saw that coming <laughs> yeah.
0: joe judge and matt patricia are going to be our co-offensive coordinators who greenlit that idea bill belichick why
1: <laughs> i have no idea I, I i couldn't tell you i, I guess he just thought well you know you're average at this you weren't a good head coach maybe you'll be really good at this i, I don't know yeah.
0: and then he looks at joe judge and goes you were a good special teams coach just an absolute disaster as a head coach you should also the two of you put your brains together maybe it'll be competent yeah no
1: (laughs) two egomaniacs good idea
0: it's that's that always makes me laugh too when you have co-coaches like if you see it a lot in college football we have a running coordinator and a passing coordinator it's like what are we doing here if one can't just do the job why are they even doing half the job (laughs)
1: it's a great way of putting it i don't know <laughs> like, what are we doing? I have no idea. <laughs>
0: oh man, we gotta we gotta start a consulting firm. We can save people a lot of money.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: and we won't charge much. I mean, no for an NFL franchise, we'll charge like nothing. <laughs> Be pennies on the dollar for them. Oh, all right. That's all I got on that. Yep. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap this up today? Well, that's all I got. That's all. Yeah, I got I got nothing else. <laughs> Hopefully it's a good betting week for y'all. Make sure to check out the socials cuz there will be more picks on there. And as always, peace.